This morning I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Scriptures will be Jeremiah 32, 16 through 25. Now when I had delivered the purchase deed to Barak, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord, Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arms. There is nothing too hard for you. You show forgiveness to thousands and repay the injury of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, whose name is Lord of hosts. You are great in counsel and mighty in works. For your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men, to give everyone according to his ways and according to his fruit of his doings. You have set signs in the wonders in the land of Egypt to this day. And in Israel and among the other men, and you have made yourself a name as it is to this day you shall you have brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror you have given them this land which you swore to their fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey and they came and took pleasure and they came and took possession of it, but they have not obeyed your voice or walked in your law. They have done nothing of all that you commanded them to do. Therefore, you have caused this calamity. You have caused this calamity to come upon them. Look, the siege mounds. They have come to the city to take it. And the city has been given into the hands of the Canaanites who fight against it because the sword of famine and pestilence, what you have spoken, has happened there. You see it. And you have said to me, O Lord God, buy the field for money and take witnesses. And yet the city has been given into the hands of the Chaldeans. When you read what one of us got to turn something down here. <laughs> when you read what Jeremiah says about his people, when you understand the nature of God, when you listen to the song that we've sung, we're walk with the king, there's a reminder to us that we need to be reminded of who this king is and of the power that he wills and beholds 
in light of the life that we live, in light of the life that those who have preceded us have also lived. We are reminded in Isaiah 46 and in verse 10 that God is able to declare the end from the beginning. It's a powerful statement to look at and to reflect upon, to be reminded of this King of kings and Lord of lords, whom we call Father, able to declare an end before it ever began. What Paul reminds us of in Ephesians 1 and verse 4, that God had laid the foundation of our salvation before the world ever began. We're reminded in Genesis 1-1 that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and all that dwells therein. The might, the power, the majesty, the love, the justice, the mercy, the righteousness, punishment, and faithfulness of God is what we deal with every day that we live. And as we read scriptures that were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come, Paul telling the Romans in Romans 15 and verse 4, it is important for us to consider the scriptures and the word of God and to be reminded of indeed what an honor, what a responsibility, what a privilege it is for us to be able to sing, I walk with the King. But in that understanding, we have, we have to deal with the life that we live and the world in which we live, and at times need to be reminded, as Jeremiah would, would be in his day, the things that he would go through, the things that he would suffer, of being reminded that God already knows that. And God had already supplied the faith and the strength of which Jeremiah would be able to deal with the adversity that would come his way for simply being a prophet of the living God, bringing unto God's people his word, and then reminding God's people as was given in the reading this morning, of how he deals with and how he continues to watch over those that are his. You go back to the beginning of the book of Jeremiah. And again, as you read about what's being said here, again to remind ourselves that God knows the end from the beginning. And if God knows the end from the beginning, and all that takes place in between, 
that God is very much aware of the adversity and the persecution against his people and aware of their faithfulness or lack of faithfulness of his people as well. And God deals with us through the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 4, chapter 1 of Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Not just to the nation, but to the nations. Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Again, notice verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Not delivered in a way that he may have wanted. The persecution that he received from his own people, the rejection cast into prison because he brought them the word of truth. But it is that key again. God knows the end from the beginning. And God is able and God is with his people. We need to be, we need to be reminded of that in our times of persecution, in times of our rejection, in times when people choose not to listen to the message. And some of that rejection indeed may be violent. Some of that rejection may be the loss of life. But our reminder is God is with his people. He is able to deliver. We might prefer a physical deliverance, but it may be a spiritual deliverance in the loss of this life in the anticipation for the eternal life with God. You go over to chapter 5 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is told to run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Seek now and know. And seek her in open places. If you can find a man, if there is anyone who executes judgment, who seeks the truth, then I will pardon her. Though they say, as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. 
Talking about God's people. Sad commentary that the Lord would say, Jeremiah, go into the city to see if you can find a man who executes judgment. And no, they're not there. Although they may say, as the Lord lives, they lie. Been true since the beginning of time. True in the days of Jeremiah. True in the days of Jesus. True in the days of the church. True throughout the days of this Christian age. Until it comes to an end. There will be those that say, as the Lord lives, this is what we will do. But they will not follow him. Go over to chapter 7 of Jeremiah. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Israel had a tendency of placing their confidence in dwelling in the land of Jerusalem and believing because they had the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem that they would be spared. They swear falsely. That's not where the security is found. Not trying to be a prophet. But periodically we, as Christians in this great land of ours, need to remind ourselves our security is not found in our being Americans. Our security is found in our being faithful to Christ and his kingdom. That is what matters. Faithfulness to God and his kingdom. Israel had forgotten that. God's people down through time had forgotten that. And needed to be reminded of that. Jeremiah would go on in chapter 31. Familiar passage that is quoted in the New Testament as well. 31 and following. In light of all that God had told Jeremiah up to this point, I know you, Jeremiah. I formed you. I set you for a task. I'll be with you. I will deliver you. But he's also telling Jeremiah throughout the, the book that Judah is not going to stand despite their confidence in who they are. They are going to be carried into captivity. They're not being spared because they are God's people, because they had been unfaithful to God. But then over in chapter 31, 31 and following. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Again, notice that they are divided at this point. But in this new covenant, it will be for them as well. 
Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Again, Israel had clearly forgotten. Verse 32. They moaned and they groaned. They bewailed and wanted to go back into bondage. Even, even after they went into the land, they had forgotten what he says there. The day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, they forgot God delivered. It wasn't them. God delivered. They forgot the power that God wields. There's not a nation on the face of this earth that can stand against the power of God. There's not a wickedness in any people that will overwhelm the righteousness, the love, and the mercy that God offers through the blood of His Son that died on that cross. We need to be reminded of that. God is the one who leads. God is the one who is in control. It may be through the desert. It may be through difficult times. It may, be, uh, may have the appearance that all has been forsaken. But God has never abandoned his people. He's punished them for their wickedness, but he's never abandoned them. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After these, those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his brother, teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquities and their sin I will remember no more. Israel of old, they were born into that kingdom, into that nation, and they had to be taught why they were God's people. But in the new covenant, they will not have to be taught. You know who the Lord is before you enter into that kingdom. The only way you can enter that kingdom is to acknowledge that God is. And yet Jesus is his son who shed his blood for your sins. And as you acknowledge that, that's why everyone will know the Lord in this kingdom that will be established But as in the reading, God made heaven and earth, and by his great power and his outstretched arm, God made what we have. Do we not believe, without a moment's hesitation, that God is absolutely aware 
of where you are. That he is aware of what you are facing. That he is aware of what you will face. And with that, he has given you a promise. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Lord himself has said, I will never leave you. Those words need to ring in our hearts and in our minds and in our conviction. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, says the Lord. That means there's not a thing that we are facing, nor a thing that we shall face, that is greater than God. May not be pleasant. You read the scriptures. Was well, not always pleasant for God's people. But again, he had never abandoned them. He had always been there. Anytime they would repent and turn, he was there to receive them. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. We need to be reminded of that as well. His power is beyond comprehension, as is his love, his patience, and his mercy. Beyond comprehension. The mind cannot conceive of the depths of God's love. The, man, the mind cannot conceive of the depths of God's love and what it can do for us in a life that we live. Ours is to trust. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. He is able. Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, He is able to do exceedingly Listen to the words that he uses. God is able. That is sufficient within itself, is it not? God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. That's the power of God. Do we doubt it? Persecution comes our way. Our freedom of religion is threatened to be able to worship as we believe the Bible dictates. But our God is able. For those that are older, how many prayers were offered up during the Cold War? that the Iron Curtain would fall, that the Berlin Wall would come down. How many years were those prayers offered up? Our God is able. The wall did come down. Yeah, the spiritual walls have been erected for that wall. I'm just simply saying, our God is able. You talk to people back then and they say, there's no way. There's no way that wall will come down. But it did. 
He gives loving kindness to thousands. And he repays the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children. He means what he says. The parents influence their children. And it can go down to them as well. The great and the mighty God, and whose name is the Lord of hosts. He says, look at what he did to Egypt. Remember as I came to the promised land, we're about to enter, the statements made, Rahab and others. God, your God has already made a name for himself. What he had done in Egypt, to the Egyptians, it has already been spread. We already know his power and his might. It's amazing. <laughs> the heathens knew the power and the might of God, and Israel didn't. They thought it was their power and their might that did all of this. You brought the people up out of the land of Egypt, but they did not obey your voice or walk in your law. How will history record us? Really doesn't does not matter how history records us. How does God record us? Are we like Israel that Jeremiah is talking to? We are the church. We are the church. We're in the church. We're safe. We're sound. We have no problems. What will be said? Will we say, oh Lord God, we, we love you. Or are we keeping his commandments? John reminds us in 1 John 5, verse 3, Herein is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. In the reading as you read, this, in the reading this morning as you read, read it, Jeremiah was told what he needed to do. And lo and behold, as the Lord spoke what was going to happen, it happened just as the Lord spoke it. And Jeremiah records back, he said, you said it, and it happened. I trust you. Do we not trust him? What do we need? Just as I am. When does it sink into us? That just as we are, there is no hope. The only hope is found in the blood of Christ. Any human being, any human being can come just as they are. Any human being that acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, they're willing to repent of their sins and confess him as Lord. 
can be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins and be raised a new child. Any human being can come just as they are, but no human being can remain just as they are. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We are expected, as a child of God, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The question is, where are you this morning? Are you walking in the light as he is in the light? Do you need to become a child of God? Do you need to renew that life in Christ once again? If the world has persuaded you away, if you have a need, if we can assist you, if we can help you in any way, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.